Jim and Michael just walked into a heated conversation between me and Aaron, not heated angry, but just no. heated as canon about how, dis in my opinion, discovery resembles a lot of companies where there's a lot of things going on board that mess up so bad that you have to create HR policy to protect everyone else. There, because in Strange New World season one, we know that that general one order one becomes the prime directive, and and we know Pike says that'll never stick. And it was all because of the hullabaloo that Discover caused so much that the Starfleet cover up had to occur because where fans say, oh, you know, they may not like it, I I feel that you uh, the 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 Discover campaign guide, which Aaron had a large hand in writing, um, Jim had a large hand in writing, kind of explained what went wrong, why things happened, and why the prime directive had to be created so that we don't have another repeat of the Klingon war. So anyways, you all just walked into that conversation. Hi, everyone, to continue conversations. Aaron, you want to add anything before we introduce everyone? Uh, no, I see. I Yeah, I would just say that it's, hey, uh, don't <laughs> don't cause major interstellar incidences based on assumptions and think you're going to get away with it. I think that's the lesson that you generally should take away right. from, from what we were saying. Yeah. Okay. This is assumptions point. is something that we should talk about tonight. We, we will. And, we and not will. making them. That's right. For instance, the assumption that doctors, when playing Star Trek Adventures RPG, can't have a vital role every single game. And that's what we're here actually for tonight. So I'm going to make the rounds. I'm Michael Dismuke, freelance writer for Star Trek Adventures RPG, in addition to a blog, being a blogger on Continuing Missions, the number one fan site for Star Trek Adventures RPG. Um, so happy to be. And my co-host is Jim Johnson. Why don't you introduce yourself and we'll introduce everyone else in the go round. Howdy, howdy. Uh, Jim Johnson. I'm the project manager and line editor for the Star Trek Adventures RPG, published by Modifius Entertainment, and uh, happy to be co-host on this year's show as well. And I'm joined tonight by two fabulous guests. I think we've had you, yes, we've had you both on the show before, so this is a repeat offenders here. And uh, I'm just going to go clockwise around my screen here. So, Michael, why don't you introduce yourself, sir? Sure. Uh, I am Michael Freeman, and I am... Uh, STA super fan, and you might uh, see me from uh, various posts in the, the Facebook group, both uh, in the GM section and in the uh, general uh, page, um, and happy to be back. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. And are you, are you sporting the, uh, the lower decks uh, sickbay background there? I am. I yes, dig it sir. perfectly, nicely, nicely, uh, nice, nicely thematic for our episode this evening. And uh, Aaron, introduce yourself, please. I'm Aaron Pallier. I'm one of the freelance writers for Star Trek Adventures. I also do a lot of stuff for continuing missions on the side. But yeah, you you've seen my work before. Let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. You've been following the game for a little while. You've you've seen his name uh, right there with mine for most of these books, uh, pretty much from the very beginning, if I remember right. I think you were yeah. in World too, right? Yeah. Yep, so it's been. Yeah. Six years going on seven now, so it's uh, it's been a long, long, fun trip, and uh, more to come, guaranteed. Now, so, now uh, well, I want to add to the reason why we had to introduce them to this conversation is, as many of you know who've been following Continuing Missions, is that IGM a game called uh, Star Trek Pioneer. We're in our fifth season currently. It's all played by Discord. It's one of the most amazing RPG experiences I've ever had. Now. Uh, Aaron plays our chief science officer, who was originally our ship's counselor, which is medical, right? Mm -hmm. And he's our chief science officer. And Michael Freeman uh, plays our counselor, who is, and I don't know if anyone else has this on their ships. I've never seen it before on the show. I'm wondering if any of you have it, but he is our chief medical officer on our show. So we have a lot of medics in the bu building. And Michael, why don't you frame... Uh, you you selected the theme actually for tonight, so frame it for us, and then we'll we'll jump in. Yeah. Uh, so in so this generated a couple of ways. Um, one, I've seen this question on in the Facebook groups, 
about uh, how do I engage my doctor or my medical uh, personnel. And then from my own uh, live play group, and also I run a, another play-by-post uh, group uh, on an old-school message board. Um, in both of those groups, we had we started off with PC uh, doctors, and uh, eventually the, the players said to me, "Hey, this this role is a little bit boring. I'm not really sure what to do." Um, and one of the ways that we solved it was we basically made those characters support staff and gave them, uh, you know, different roles inside each of the games. Um, one becoming uh, the the con officer um, and the other uh, moving over to the science officer. So, um, yeah, so this came about, made me think a little bit about the role of the chief medical officer in Star Trek and Star Trek storytelling. And, you know, when you, when you start analyzing uh, what has happened to that role on the shows, you start to see that maybe this is not just a RPG type of dilemma that I think that in each of the shows that, um, that they also ran into similar things about what to do with this doctor character. So I wanted to open this up, discuss, and uh, sort of dive into it and how, you know, it, it's obviously a very important role uh, in, in the shows and, uh, and in the game, just from a, a quote-unquote party makeup. Um, so yeah, I really wanted to open it up, discuss, and how to make it a great experience for the players and the GM in creating Star Trek stories. Yeah, I, I want to say I myself am kind of surprised when people have this dilemma, because as you can see from the poster behind me, it's this way. We got McCoy, we got Crusher, we got the Doctor, we got Flocks, we got Bashir. We have, oh my goodness, I just forgot his name. <laughs> oh, uh, Kubler? Colbert. Uh, Colbert. Culver, thank yeah. you, Culver. Oh wow, sorry, people are getting yes, that. and sorry. and uh, it's new. It's not my fault. Yeah, that, yeah, no worries. Um, and then I've uh, been out four years, Michael. Yeah. <laughs> four seasons. And then we wrote uh, a book about it. We wrote seven years. We wrote a whole book about it. Yeah, uh, three and three character facts. <laughs> I didn't write that character. I would have remembered if I wrote that character. Um, but the point of the, the reason I say that is because we know that they all have an amazing role in over almost every single episode. So, Jim, take it from there while I recover my. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, yeah, this is uh, this is an interesting topic. So, first of all, um, you know, thanks, Michael, for Michael Freeman uh, for uh, for bringing this up because now, I mean, all of a sudden we've got. Uh, an instant, instant topic for six more episodes, right? We or seven, seven or eight. We could, we could do a whole episode on every single role because I think I've seen conversations about every single role coming up on social media, saying, "Oh, my my one of my players is playing the con officer. I've got nothing to do. He's bored. What do I do?" Or, "Hey, my character is playing the ops officer. She's bored. What do I do?" And it's like, okay, hold on. <laughs> there's a there's a failure of imagination here going on between the GM and the player. Every every character's got something to do, whether they're whether it's specifically related to their role or to their character, right? You got values. Not all your values are directly related to your role, right? Or, or shouldn't be. I, ideally, you're more well-rounded than that. But uh, uh, no, I think this is a great topic. And uh, I would agree in part that some of the doctors didn't have a lot to do. And I think the the biggest example of that is probably Crusher. I think, uh, I think Next Gen really struggled to figure out what to do with Crusher and Troy on a regular basis. And they kind of got lost. In the shuffle, kind of like how Yuhura uh, and Chekhov and uh, Sulu, to some extent, kind of got lost on the original series. Like there was just too many characters, and they found the ones to gravitate toward and focus on, and uh, and kind of like, and then there was everybody else, you know. Um, but that doesn't have to happen in an RPG, and it shouldn't happen in an RPG because you're going to have half your half your players at the table get bored to tears, right? And that's no fun. Uh, I mean, even with Star Trek Adventures having um, the uh, the supporting cast uh, option where you can play additional characters and be engaged during the game, right? I think a lot of players are still primarily invested in their main character, their main player character, and want to have meaningful things to do. 
And uh, I mean, great example. One of the games I played, you know, way back in the stands of time uh, as a homebrew, um, our, our chief medical officer really enjoyed his character for about 25 episodes. So, you know, 25, 26 episodes, he was really enjoying it. And then he, he personally just got bored with the character. Like we were giving him medical stuff to do. We were trying to keep him engaged with medical stuff and, you know, keeping him involved with his department. But he was like, you know what? I just want to shoot more stuff. And, and he didn't want to do that with his current character, right? So we found a way to write off that character and we brought him in as a, um, as a security officer. And then he was happy for the remainder of the, of the series, right? But uh, I think um, there's, a, there's a very fine balancing act between the game master and the player, I think there's got to be an ongoing conversation there where you just try to keep them engaged and like, okay, what, what cool things are in your background or in your character's history that I can pull on that aren't necessarily directly related to you being a doctor or the chief map officer or whatever, uh, but what other things can we fold in? And I think you see that with, um, uh, well, Culver to some extent, Bashir especially, I think they gave Bashir a lot of other things to do that weren't directly related to him being a doctor. Like they got the whole section 31 angle going on in there. You got the whole genetic engineering subplot going on in there. You had the ongoing relationship with Garrick, right? There, that, that was a whole extra thing. So I think that was the, the, the writer's effort to like, okay, we need to give him more to do that than just be the doctor. And I don't know if that means that they learned their lesson from Crusher and they were like, oh, we can't just let him be the doctor because that's there's not enough for a doctor to do week in and week out, right? But uh, yeah. I'm going to stop because I'm, I'm, I'm rambling and I don't want to dominate the time. So that's just my initial perspective is, is that yeah. uh, the game master and the player need to be conversating back and forth. Is that even a word? I don't know. Conversing. Because uh, if, uh, if if anybody's bored at the table, that's a, that's a group effort that needs to be worked on. So I'll stop. Who's next? I actually want to hear Aaron's take on it just for the fact that he played a very engaged counselor for several not several, many episodes, at least in my game. So I'm eager to hear, he, he, his character never lacked to be engaged. So let's hear from you, Aaron. Yeah, I, it, so I played, I played Dr. Nalinid and he's a Tellarite, which is already a way to get into, engaged in any scene at all, because you want to argue or you want to debate somebody and let's have him be the ship's counselor, which is arguably the least engaged of all the sciences on a ship, I mean, out of all the sins that you can put against the next generation, having Troy be just kind of a slight presence on, on especially in the first season where she just senses something and she really isn't doing a lot. They, they slowly solve that problem through the seasons and she becomes a pretty integral part of the show, but it is a problem. So let's take one of the least engaged roles on a starship where this is a character that likely would never be on the bridge or at least rarely be on the bridge especially on on an intrepid class let's put it that way and have uh, show how to get engaged with a medical officer especially a ship's counselor so my perspective is is that i don't approach i would never approach a ship's doctor or counselor as a person that stays off the bridge, a ship's doctor or counselor, any scientist, anyone from the science division needs to have their primary focus not be their role on the ship. And you need to you need to, as a player, focus on these other things that they do that makes them important. And one of the biggest things that is slightly attached to the role, while it isn't slightly, it is attached to the role, but it's not something that you tend to think about is as the ship's uh, chief medical officer or chief counselor, you are slightly outside of the chain of command, that your words actually have a lot of weight and actually can override the captain in many regards. So what you say is really important. And a lot of the command staff coming to you for advice or help with certain situations, what be they personnel situations or research, it doesn't matter. Your words have a lot of weight. And if you see something wrong, you have every right to get engaged in it in one way, shape or form. That's, I actually want. I actually want to talk about this because I we're actually going to have a little uh, Star Trek Pioneer uh, mm-hmm. coaching right now because 
now that you say that, the word that came up in my mind was advisor. And Michael Freeman plays a character, Chad Simon, who's was a Lieutenant JG. And he does not come on as strong as Nala did in the road of advisor. And I almost feel like that's a point of growth for your character, Michael. Let's let's talk about that. Like compared to Aaron, uh, I feel that um, Aaron's character was brought into the room just to bounce things off. And he's a veteran. That's one of his talents. Um, do you feel your character can grow there to get more of a role in the game? Well, yeah, actually, the, the character is set up to be new and fresh. Uh, so absolutely, he has the uh, untapped potential talent. So, you know, just to play off of that, if Aaron's character was the veteran, um, the untapped potential, the the young one uh, who's just getting involved in in the profession. Um, so, but you see, I mean, the way I look at the, the counselor role is probably one of the most integral on on a starship, uh, especially. Mm-hmm. If you think uh, week in and week out, they encounter the most bizarre things that would make a non-Starfleet trained person pee their pants every episode. It's like why people go, well, why are they so idiotic to go in this place where there's certain death? It's yeah, they they know that Um, and they do it anyway. And that on the other end has repercussions. So I actually think, and I think in our game, we I've sort of tried to play it that way, is that he's basically cleaning up uh, a lot of the things that have happened to to characters getting thrown in the most bizarre situations. It's like, oh, I've been turned into a cartoon character. Uh-huh. Um, uh, yeah. yeah. I want to I want to add where I've always seen the value of either the chief medical officer or the counselor in our game is that between scenes. I feel that the player who has that character almost has a responsibility to do the check-in narrative, to draw out how people are feeling before it goes into the next scene. And I know I've utilized both Aaron's character and now Michael's characters in between scenes. Let's have them bounce it off. And so I can get a kind of a gauge and a pulse of where people are at before throwing them into more action. Mm-hmm. What, do you, what do you all think about that? No, I think I- it's- yeah, I think you're you're right. It does need to happen that way. But go ahead, Michael, first. Oh, no, I, that was exactly what I was going to say. I guess Aaron and I are going to sort of be like mirror universes of each other, at least on our screen. I'm directly opposite of him. Oh, OK. <laughs> so um, I'll, I'll just uh, I'll just add that uh, in, in a lot of my games, um, we tend to run like subplot sessions. So like during the actual game session when we're all together we're trying to focus on the main episode and we're trying to get you know from scene to scene to scene and get get it done but we find that there's often times where we want the characters to reflect on what happened or to to talk about things that happened during the course of the episode and so we'll take an opportunity to uh just to do a subplot session where we'll just get together for an evening or maybe some of the players not all the players but it might be like you know one or two people say hey i really want to spend some time talking to each other or bring the counselor in or bring the chief medical officer in or something and just have that back and forth conversation. And it's, it's the kind of scene that would probably get cut from an episode, like, like an, an episode on screen. Cause it's just so much talking. And, but it's like, that's, that's like the bread and butter for a good RPG session is like, you're really getting into the depth, into the weeds of these characters and just like really getting into just, you know, just digging down into their, uh, their values and what makes them who they are. And it, it, like, those have been the most, valuable sessions for me as a game master, but also as a player to get into it, to be able to say to another player, Hey, I think we should do some sort of session like with the counselor or with the GM and just do go, go do some back and forth for an hour or so, whether it's on uh, like discord, just doing text back and forth or we're actually, you know, face to face on a, in a, in a room or a, or on a screen or something. But uh, um, I think I agree that the, the chief medical officer and or the counselor are always really good for facilitating that. And it also, you know, it's nice, too, when you have a smaller crew, sometimes somebody will double up and be the counselor. So it might be the first officer slash counselor, or it might be the CMO slash counselor. You know, you can, you can play with those roles a little bit and, uh, and and give people a little bit more variety. I think Colbert's a good example, right? Col- Colbert's kind of become the, the counselor as well as a medical officer. I, I don't think he's actually the chief medical yeah, officer he, still, you know, four seasons, but he has kind of taken on the counselor role, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and and Jim, that is uh, great advice. The, the the one point where I start brushing up is somebody who has run 
a, a good amount of published adventures is where where does the the role sort of fit in in the in the published adventures uh because most of the published adventures are not medical mysteries of the week mm-hmm. um and it's you know a game master trying to find that time and sometimes if you're trying to follow the adventure as as written um sometimes they don't allow for that so I think as you know, and I'm I'm running or have run a lot of the the published adventures. That um, you know, I, I think maybe that's where my players were were sort of uh, bumping up against. Mm-hmm. Um, and the 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 medical role is kind of like being a lifeguard. Um, and and again, if we think of it as again the, the typical D and D party. Right. And uh, I'm just using that as a frame of reference um, is that you uh, as the medical person, you're basically sitting there like a lifeguard waiting for something to happen. Uh, something may not happen. Um, and th- that's where I think the the disengagement happens, where you're, you're not you're, you're waiting for your medical role expertise to, to play in. Mm-hmm. And I think we're starting to to get there uh in that um that it's really yes your role may be medical but what you should concentrate on is something entirely different as far as what your how you participate in in a regular adventure but i guess regular i'm using can i say that i adventure. think that's sure. that that's really good advice for any character in any role though yeah, like yeah. don't don't be don't be the the con officer be hey i'm so and so and i have a really deep interest in vulcan history or you know bajoran religion or whatever and yeah yeah sure i'm the con officer i'm the guy that 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 punches the buttons and makes the ship go but you know I, that that's not who i am as a character like mm-hmm. who i am as a character is all these different interests and passions and I can fit those into any specific adventure. Um, I want to, yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead and finish your thought. No, I, I think that's how to really bring in your, your any science division character when, hey, I'm, I'm astrocartography guy, but why am I outside of the astrocartography lab? Well, it's because you have all of these interests and that will, that those interests, those focuses will, be the things to really get you involved in any any single mission, adventure, et cetera. Yeah, I want to commend Aaron how he built his character because his character holds multiple PhDs, multiple doctorates in all kinds of sciences outside of psychology. And so when the need came up for an expert, being a teller, right? He gets right in there and starts spouting out stuff about uh, uh, atmospheric sciences. And and it mm-hmm. allowed me, his, his character had such a depth, it allowed me to explore that. In the case of Michael's character, I've been exploring the, the, the fact that the person is a master with security encryption. And I'm like, what made this counselor, there's a backstory there, which I want to explore. What made this counselor such a master of encryption. And honestly, Michael, I think the game we're playing right now, you could actually really bring that to the forefront. I've been wanting to nudge you about that. Um, But show show that these characters are multifaceted. They just happen to have chosen Mm -hmm. for this time period, counseling or medical. Um, And and then I got to say this too. I don't understand why anybody would go on any away mission without a medical officer. Take it from there. (laughs) <laughs> yes. Yeah. Why don't you all wear EVA suits on the surface of a planet? There's lots of viruses and bacteria down there that you have never seen. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it, a medical officer is needed for an away mission. Like you shouldn't ever leave the ship without one because they're going to be the ones to like give you an antibiotic that they design on the fly to prevent you from having your skin fall off. Mm-hmm. Done. Yeah. Like um watch uh <laughs> Watch a whole bunch of episodes of the original series and see how often McCoy went down with them on an, on a landing party or on a shuttle or whatever. Like even if the even if the episode had Jack squat to do with medical stuff, he was still there. He still found a way 
to get himself on the bridge, to get himself involved in the landing party, whatever. Now, I mean, of course, we can look at that and say, well, of course, because they had to pay DeForest Kelly a lot of money to get his name in the top billing. And of course, we're going to use him because he's one of the leads. But that aside, right, that that they still found things for that character to do that didn't necessarily have anything to do with his job. Right. And that's that's kind of what we're talking about here. I want to just reflect mm-hmm. on that is, is that is that your character is not just their job, right? I mean, just like you, right? You, you are not just your job or whatever, you know, primary role that you play in your life. Uh, you have a bunch of interests, you have a bunch of hobbies, you have a bunch of other things that make you who you are. And in the case of Star Trek Adventures, every character has four values and six focuses in addition to their role ability, right? So that's that's 11 different things that you could be pulling on any given, um, any given episode to find things to do, not to mention the relationships you have with your other characters, non-player characters, subplots, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's, there's, um, I lost my train of thought, <laughs> uh, right in the right. Away right. teams. Sorry, keep, um, keep talking about away teams. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, not just, you're not just your job, right? So, yeah. um, you know, it's okay to be the con officer, you know, don't just be like, Oh, we're not flying this episode. I'm just gonna sit here and, you know, sit on my phone or, uh, or whatever. Cause that's, that's not helping anybody. That, mm-hmm. That's boring, man. Come on. You, you can do, you can do so much more than that. Cause it's Star Trek. Like and that, and that might be something that people, in this day and age, even this day and age, might have some trouble grokking is that like this the the average person we see on Star Trek, like in, in a largely mindless society, like they can do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. And like a lot of these characters are hungry to learn and hungry to get knowledge. And they a lot of them have multiple degrees, multiple PhDs, multiple venues of study and learning. And then like even with the with the longer lifespans, Right. They're probably doing two and three careers before they're ready to retire. Like they may do several trips through Starfleet or they may do a whole career for 30 years and then join Starfleet as a as a veteran and have that whole body of expertise and and back history. Like, you know, Tuvok is a good example. He's been around for a long, long time and left Starfleet and then eventually came back. Uh, So there's there's all kinds of potential there for subplots um, and and plot hooks and just ways to get involved that might have. Mm -hmm nothing to do with who, what, what role you decided to pick for that, uh, for that character. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's great. Uh, but going back to the, to the actual shows, uh, I'm just thinking about what happened to the, the holographic doctor, the EMH, mm-hmm. uh, they stuck him in sick bay, right. And he couldn't leave and he couldn't get to the bridge. They had to give Kess something to do just I'm just showing the, again the problems with the medical role where Kess was supposed to be the away team doctor and uh, the holographic doctor until he gets the the mobile emitter and then even having the mobile emitter he's still having these these different issues of not being going down to the planet or mm-hmm. you know so um the, the idea of even going on the away team. Sorry, I'm, I'm also losing a little bit of train of thought, but I just wanted to bring that up to mm-hmm. just sort of illustrate it. But uh, with the away team and going down to the planet, um, because you also want to be a, a good uh, player when you start to see, well, the engineer has to do the engineering thing, right? The science officer does the security, uh, sorry, the science thing, and everybody has their role. And the medical is usually, again, if somebody's injured, I'll help out. Now, where, where I will counter that, and again, what makes the mechanics of STA uh, amazing to reinforce the story is helping is not a wasted turn in Star Trek adventures. Just because the engineer is engineering, Right, you as the doctor could help out with that being a a high reason uh, character if you set it up that way, mm-hmm. and I think that that is also the important thing to remember that when you're trying to engage with the game and the system, that helping is not a wasted turn, um, and using the meta currencies of momentum and threat when you can generate that extra momentum. Right, you're creating the story, and mm-hmm. I think that's an important thing to to remember in in all of these roles. That even though that you are not the main, you are still helping, and it counts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Aaron, yeah. more about the away team. I want to hear Aaron's take on the away teams too. <laughs> so, 
yes, away teams, it's it's important, but you don't have to be even as the CMO or or chief counselor, you don't have to be that role on the away team. And I'll I'll go back to our game. Uh, the first episode that I played my my counselor on, my my Tellerite counselor, he went off on an away mission to a planet that had dinosaurs and was the mentor for new ensigns to like okay here's here's how away missions work this is these are the protocols that we go through etc etc and there was an adventure that had that would that was to be had and yes shenanigans occurred but they were memorable shenanigans and then that introduced the counselor to these new recruits basically and and got him engaged with them more because now there was this funny story that they could tell and complain about later on because of course tellerites complain so for those of you were wondering for those of you were wondering a dinosaur urinated all over the runabout yes and for the rest of the season uh Nalinid would always put on gloves before touching any of the controls in the runabout and made a point of it and then when that runabout crashed the next season he complained because that was his piss stained runabout and he didn't want to have it go away so he'd He'd spent all the time down in the shuttle bay helping rebuild it, even though he wasn't an engineer. He was going to help rebuild that thing because it had sentimental value. <laughs> but yeah, you see, you can have all these different weird things to do. It's not it, that doesn't have anything to do with a science or medicine or therapy. You can be a mentor. You can have these adventures. Explore the parts of your character that aren't your role. And I will also say that at least on Discord games, the one the one idea that that Michael you put out uh, that that's been there since basically the first time I played are the little character logs that we're allowed to do now. Of course, I kind of abuse the character logs by writing short stories. It's created its own novel, so I I'm, yeah, yeah, we, we love them. We, we have a whole up, and it comes out of the Klingon core rulebook. Let's be clear that I saw that yeah. in the Klingon core rulebook about people getting milestones based off writing character logs. So take it from there. Not not that I not that I actually take milestones from that. I just use it to write deleted scenes or special <laughs> special features on the discs that are released for you know the DVD discs. Um, but you know exploring the background of the character or here are the subspace transmissions to his family or here are the scenes that go on off the ship between the seasons stuff mm-hmm. like that and yeah they might be humorous they might be funny but they also help build out the character and link them into other things that the game master can then bring in and link into your character during regular episodes yeah out of that came your wife your character's wife that has mm-hmm. become a season regular our Luxana troy not anything like her but definitely mm-hmm. uh, a key member i want to ask you know too I think we need to remember that these characters, the ones like behind me, they're considered members of senior staff. So I yeah. think about a corporate a corporate company where you have all these department heads coming in the room to constantly make decisions for these large organizations. Mm-hmm. So you have these chief medical officers and the counselors coming in with a distinct perspective that matter in each game. So they're not just because there's not a medical issue going on doesn't mean that this corporate officer doesn't have something to say, right? Yeah, and and like I said at the beginning, their words matter because they operate slightly outside of the chain of command, regardless of their rank. If the CMO says you're not fit for duty, Captain, you're not fit for duty, Captain. If the ship's counselor says they're not psychologically able to to uh, handle this mission, they need to stay back because they have some PTSD related to X, Y, or Z. You're not that other character not going on that mission. Jim, we're about to riff. Imagine if as game masters, you use threat so that when people select a supporting character, you create an issue that the CMO or counselor has to address before going on that mission. Uh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. I, uh, Michael, I think I wrote something about that in the discovery book about mirror universe, that if you use um, support points to bring in a supporting character, in a mirror universe game that it automatically generates threat because that supporting character has their own plots 
and motivations that you might not be aware of as the senior staff or whatever. But it, that same kind of concept could work as well that, hey, look, you have to, you know, let, let, let's deal with other people's problems that they might not have resolved. You're all going to regret having mentioned this on the GM. So now I'm like, oh, Lord, this is going to be sweet. It might not be threat, but it might be like a complication that needs to be resolved sometime right. during the episode. Well, the the other thing that I'm always a big fan of is creating traits on a on a character. And uh, if you're going to create a, a trait that can be used negatively, then, uh, you know, all, all of a sudden they, they have from whatever mission they now have this support staff has this trait. Um, and as we know, traits can be used positively and negatively depending on the situation. Uh, but of course, now I'm saying this, you can just spend and get out of the trade. So, well, if any uh, of you GMs are yeah. like our five seasons in, I have there's not a supporting character on our ship that doesn't have a reason not to have some sort of trauma with everything we've gone through. <laughs> so, the ability yeah. to write this is going to be amazing. Jim, yeah. what's your take on that? Yeah. Um, I, I was actually going to um, build on something that uh, Aaron mentioned is about you know characters. Um, you know, certainly, and I think this is something that we might not have really highlighted in in the books now now i, I have to think about because this might be a piece of lore that just kind of like just got permeated throughout star trek fandom or, or rpgs and stuff but but yeah the, the cmo is the one person on the ship who can relieve the captain of command pretty much by fiat right i mean just depending on how you play it and uh that's that's a huge amount of power to put into a player's hand depending on how the game episode plays out or whatever right i, I know i've had it come up a couple times in games that i've run where uh, like the captain was, um, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, replaced by a doppelganger or whatever, you know, they, some of the classical tropes. And, but the but the player was playing their captain, and it took a while for the other players to catch on that this wasn't actually the captain; this was a doppelganger. And then the CMO stepped up and said, "Hold on, we get, I'm going to do some research. I'm going to figure this out." And then he had to present his findings to the rest of the players and say, this captain is not fit for command because of X, Y, Z. And in fact, this is not our captain, et cetera, et cetera. So there, there's just, there's so much potential there that would be wasted on a non-player character because you don't get that opportunity to do that kind of drama. And, uh, you know, this is where I'll, I'll ding the bell and say, you know, this is why you need to have a player be your captain because there's so much potential in there, but that's a future episode. I'm sure we'll get to that. Um, but uh, so there's that. And then also, you know, if you're still looking for things for your doctor or your counselor to do, like remember that they are they are the the department head. They are the chief of that department on the ship. So if you think of like Crusher, like she probably had what a couple hundred, or maybe not a couple hundred, maybe a hundred uh, orderlies, doctors, physicians, assistants, dentists. Like she had a whole staff course, yeah. responsible for yep. on I that just, ship, and, yeah. and and like just that bureaucracy, that like that management of that thing is a full-time job in and of itself. In addition to all the shenanigans she got up to on every given episode where she was, uh, you know, hitting somebody with a hyperspray or, uh, or fixing O'Brien's shoulder or whatever, but. Um, or being a like, spy or dancing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so like, there's always something for, for a department head to be doing that may not be directly related to, you know, fi in this case, you know, putting bandages on or fixing things or whatever. And, you know, as far as Crusher goes, like, I think someone did a, uh, uh, an article on this somewhere, but like she was one of the most crack shots on the ship. Like she, she only fired her phaser like five or six times in the entire series, but every single one of them was a dead, dead ringer or, you know, dead, <laughs> dead kill shot or something. So, uh, you know, you know, she may not have been focused on the side, uh, on the, on the security and stuff. Right. But mm -hmm. she could, she could sling a phaser just as well as Worf and probably better in some cases because <laughs> Worf had his own issues. Um, so, uh, uh, so I want to, pause there and, and getting reactions to that. But then I also want to make sure we have an opportunity to talk a little bit how, how as if you are playing the chief medical officer or the counselor, how you can help your game master get you more involved in the game. Uh, there's things that I think a player can do to help the game master and the game master can do too. But uh, uh, before we jump into that though, any other reactions to the, um, the doctor uh, or um, counselor with other things to do that aren't necessarily their thing? Yeah, I just wanted to add that I think one of the big differences that helps is when you're developing the character during session zero. I think a lot of 
a mistake that happens with a lot of new groups, game masters and players, is they act like they've all met each other for the first time. Whereas if you walk into most Star Trek shows, these people have relationships. I think Deep Space Nine was really the only one that everyone was coming from somewhere else, except for Dax and Cisco, right? But but really, imagine if they already have enough backstory where the CMO is already respected in every conversation. And then maybe new characters are like, well, why? Oh, well, you don't understand. They did this and this and this and that and that. So you really want them involved at all times. So remember during your session zero, if you can, and if that's along with your story game, make them long-term friends and colleagues where there's no question that this person needs to be involved in every facet of ship service. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, the best example I can think, and not to monopolize it, but uh, the the last game I ran, we we had a really really long session zero. And in fact, it may have been like session zero, session zero point one. I think I think it spanned over a couple of nights and su- numerous hours of conversation. And we we built our characters together. Um, you know, I was I was the game master, so I built some NPCs along with the four player characters, right? So we we spent a lot of time, and it was really interesting where all four player characters were super, super intentional about making connections to the chief medical officer. Like whether they had, whether they had some sort of medical thing that was going on in their backstory that they knew the doctor for a long time and just kind of had that thing to deal with. Or like the, the doctor was the captain's kind of like confidant and, and advisor kind of thing. But it was really interesting to see that everybody had a really deep connection to the doctor where the doctor was so well-developed coming out of that session zero I was like, well, shoot, if I was going to play this game, I'd be playing the doctor. Like if any of the other player characters, I'm sorry, if any of the other players wanted to step up and run an episode from time to time, I would just pick up that CMO and just play the doctor because he's he already had built in relationships with everybody. And that just made things so much easier to make that character alive and interesting at the table. And it gave him so much more to do than just be the doctor, right? Because he had all these different things to touch on on any given episode. So I, I really enjoyed how the players really just kind of stepped up and said, you know what, I want to be intentional, not just about making connections with the other players and their characters, but also that, that chief medical officer, especially. Um, so as a, uh, as a player, you know, encourage your game master run a really deep session zero. And then game masters like really encourage your players get into it, you know, spend some time and be intentional about um, building that game. I think this is different. Star Trek adventures is a little different than a lot of RPGs where you know it's not so much you create a character and then just show up right you can you can do that with a lot of games and that's fine because that because that niche that niche protection thing is, is really important to a lot of a lot of games and game systems but i think star trek is kind of a different beast where you really need that teamwork and that team dynamic and that relationship between different characters and uh, i think really that all that all happens at session zero I was going to add to that as well, that if you are doing a session zero, especially with a chief medical officer or, or a, a ship's counselor, that if you are in that position, that character would likely have been in Starfleet for at least, well, quite a while, because they have to not only have all the kind of training that a regular doctor, like, let's say, 21st century uh, American doctor or British doctor today, would have so like eight years of of medical school plus residency you're also going to have to do training with uh starfleet command you're also going to have to do training with other species medical procedures and all of that so that's a long period of time where you as well your character is going to have the ability to meet other characters or get to know other characters in their past with some kind of interesting thing that they've done Hey, maybe they met your character 10 years ago at a conference on Vulcan. And it's because you were there doing this one class on, you know, on farm medicine or something like that. Uh, Regardless, there's lots of opportunities for you to link a CMO or, or counselor into other characters' backgrounds. Just because, hey, look, when you're putting together a new ship's crew and the captain's wanting to have uh, wanting to pick their chief medical officer, they're really going to want to have the person they trust the most to put them back together when, you know, excrement hits the rotary. Right. Yeah. I, that's I, it. I, I, and I think that tracks in the, in the series, right. We know that McCoy mm-hmm. is, is Kirk's best friends. We know the relationship between, 
uh, Crusher and uh, Picard. Um, so, and if we go down the line, there, that I think that tracks, except for the EMH. <laughs> Yeah, the but EMH, the EMH. EMH is kind yeah. of a special dude anyway, right? Yeah, but it eventually becomes that the Janeway in mm-hmm. many situations. Uh, he's he, he's uh, Janeway's confidant in, in many ways. Mm-hmm. Okay. Another another fun thing to play with is uh, you know depending on depending on what canon you follow and don't follow, uh, both McCoy and uh, Phlox didn't attend the academy. Right. Mm-hmm. They were they were professional doctors in their own worlds and they they just decided to 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 get into Starfleet and uh, they gave them, you know, I guess uh, honorary commissions or the equivalent or whatever, because that's mm-hmm. the role that they're playing. Technically, um, the doctor didn't join the academy either. Well, yeah, I guess <laughs> he was he was programmed to have done that, but I guess technically he did not either. Yeah, good point, Michael. <laughs> uh, but so, you know, just bringing in a McCoy type or a Phlox type who who is serving on the ship but did not serve in, or did not attend the academy and, you know, is not officially Starfleet, that could add a, another layer yeah. of stuff to play with with your characters. So, uh, you know, don't don't feel like everybody has to have gone to the academy, right? I mean, hell, you could play a... Uh, um uh, uh an officer in the officer you know um what what, the, what is it the officer transfer program like mm-hmm. uh officer exchange like, program uh-huh. the, the exchange program right you can play a you know a, a tamarian doctor who's who's visiting the ship for a certain period of time and what, what kind of angles do you get there <laughs> and, you know bring bring in a um you know my, my being old, attached to your spine yeah my, my beloved pack leads right have a pack lead joint <laughs> as an officer exchange program and uh, see what happens. <laughs> yeah. The, and the science division characters really go well with that. It's, it's much easier to explain a science division character having a commission when they never mm-hmm. went to the Academy because they're an expert in their field or they're a noted, uh, a noted professional that has a long career that, you know, they've written a whole bunch of papers and they've worked with Starfleet a lot previously. Yeah. yeah, science division works for that better than uh, operations or command. Right. But, yeah. Well, Ma- Michael, you, I think what happened is you actually actually have inspired a new series from us. I want to tell you this because I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely across social media be telling anyone playing a doctor in the game or thinking about playing a doctor game to watch this episode. But Jim, we will be doing a series about every single position and riffing off of what you can do with that. And that way people can kind of chew this up. I know we talk about in the player's guide, but there's only so much room, you know, we we have to be very concise with space. Whereas this was to me, it's not a lot, a lot like a riff challenge that we do where we're kind of expanding the mind um, of how to play these, these roles. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, with that in mind, I, I want to be respectful of everybody's time. I, I did want to spend just a couple of minutes talking about other ways that uh, players and gang masters can help bring more um, for the medical. I mean, because we spent we spent a lot of this episode talking about, um, you know, well, OK, so you're the medical officer or the counselor, you know, do things that have nothing to do with that. Right. Which is great. Mm-hmm. Right. Because you, you're a real rounded character. You got more things to do. But but what if you do want to focus on being a doctor or being a counselor? How can you help the game master? How can the game master help you? And so I want to get just a couple thoughts. You know, let's let's riff a little bit on that. And the the first place I would say is um, like I'm going to guess that probably the vast majority of um, players who are playing medical officers or counselors are probably not trained doctors and probably not trained counselors or psychologists or psychiatrists or whatever, right? So uh, this is an opportunity for you to hit the old books or to hit the internet or whatever. Do some research and uh, and bring that research to the table, whether part of your character is part of your character voice um, or give a, give an info dump to your game master and say, here's a couple of cool topics that I think would be interesting to explore in the game. Let's find a way to fold it in. Mm-hmm. And um, just one example I will give uh, way back in the before times, um, before I, I guess Last Unicorn Games was the one that was out. Uh, when this when the Star Trek Encyclopedia came out, the the second version, the hardcover, not the not the softback that came out the first time around, but the blue hardcover when that came out, um, I was playing the chief medical officer in my game at the time, and I took it upon myself to do the research project. I took that encyclopedia and I went through it page by page, and I and I transcribed everything that was medically relevant, like any medicine that came up, any medical mm-hmm. procedure that came up any weird virus or flu or thing. Like I, I pulled out, I don't know, probably 30 pages worth of stuff out of that encyclopedia. And I made a little, you know, dot matrix hand printed uh, 
<laughs> booklet and I brought that to the table with me and I said, okay, Game Master, here's all the cool medical stuff that is in that encyclopedia that as far as we know is canon. Let's find interesting ways to fold it in. So I, I kind of, I mean, basically it served as a techno babble, a medical techno babble journal for me because I could start spouting off like, here's, oh, you're, you're, you got radiation poisoning. Oh, you know, flip, flip, flip. I can use this medicine or that medicine or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it added to my character because I was actually being able to sound more like a doctor. Uh, but it also gave the other players and the game master a tool that they could use to try to add a little bit more, you know, medical stuff into the game. So, you know, I, I know in general players are are um, allergic to to research and to to you know bringing more stuff to the game, right? Depending on who your players are, uh, but you know, be willing to put a little bit of work in and and, and add that depth to your character, and, and then help your game master um, with this cool stuff too, and give them give them opportunities to. To help you shine during your uh, during your spotlight moments, so that's my piece. What, what are your yeah. ideas? So uh, I'm going to build on that. So uh, just going back to the game mechanics of, of the character, I, I don't think we're not saying don't make medical your, your your top stats because you still have to fill out that role, right? You still want to be competent, and people rely on you. Uh, for that in-game mechanically, whether or not you you actually know that or not. Um, but it's all the other things. And I think that the stat spread in uh, STA allows you to be super competent still at those other things. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as, as doing the, the, the research, uh, you know, in my many things, I've, I've also been a CPR first aid instructor, so I can sometimes at least fake, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the sound of medical advice for for basic things. Uh, so, um, you know, but I I, I do, <laughs> uh, I, you know, now with the the random tables that you can generate in in uh, roll twenty or even uh, using a, a die roll table, you can definitely get the the truck no battle mm. going so mm-hmm. yeah i i i would say that yeah of course do medical stuff but also remember that how people in general your physical being is still there in the ship how you relate to everything in the episode is important so if there's a life support problem that's a medical problem not an engineering problem i mean it's both if there's a radiation burst, it's not just a science science officer on the bridge that's trying to figure out what the heck's happening. It's the met, you know, the chief medical officer that's also going, boy, how is this affecting the crew? Or, hey, it's time for the annual physicals. This could be a problem. That sounds incredibly boring, but what happens when the first officer's old football injury is actually causing him problems on away missions and it's slowing him down and it's caused a problem last mission? How are you going to deal with this? How are you going to bring it in? And this is where you as a chief medical officer or the the ship's counselor can talk to the other players. How can I be involved with your character? Because being a doctor, of either therapy or medicine means a personal relationship with every character on board. You have this link that is, you know, it's confidential, but you also have to have the good of the ship in in mind. So, hey, look, let's let's do something. Let's make a scene. Let's figure something out to 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 create a little bit of a story. We don't want to like limit either one of our characters, but let's generate story and see if we can then talk to the game master and link it into the episode that's coming up. Yeah, I'm going to even push uh, both game masters and people playing science or medical officers even further. I have a branch of science I love to read up about. It's called biomimetics. And what Mm -hmm. that is, it's scientists who look at nature and reverse engineer nature in order to solve technical problems or mm-hmm. to create inventions that emulate nature, like those who study how a bird flies to create more efficient planes. So to me, a chief medical officer, even a chief science officer, biomimetics should be the, 
the whole different way they look at the universe. So in our game, I created a sector of space called the mole, which was basically a giant brain. It was an entity that had grown and entities that had grown to such expansive nature due to two galaxies uh, crashing into each other that the more you understand how brains work, the more you can navigate the mole. And I really enjoyed watching my characters here use that and bring in neurology in order to solve astrophysics physical problems. Um, so, so as a chief medical officer, look at these technical problems or battle engagements from a, from a psychological point of view or from a biomimetic point of view. Like maybe we can apply what I know about the uh, earwig. Aaron Pollier wrote something about this cross of a uh, sow bug. I think that's what we call them. <laughs> And, 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 you know, and, and use that and throw it in the game. And as a game master, give enough leniency and flexibility to let them have payoff. Like, okay, yeah, you do happen to know about how molds grow. And yeah, that is kind of what's happening with this techno virus. Um, and, and let the players get creative and show new angles, um, you know, uh, new facets of, of their personality and their intelligence. Mm-hmm. All link, right. Link your, link your medicine in with your focuses. How does medicine apply to each one of your focuses, even if it doesn't seem like it might be medicine related? It is. Yeah. Some... The, the universe is, and in real life, actually, the universe is connected like that. Like if you ever zoom out on the entire universe and look how it compares to a brain scan, it's kind of really scary. <laughs> and and I think uh, you should let players' imagination enjoy that in a sci fi environment like Star Trek Adventures provides. All right, Michael Freeman, another good subject brought up. Um, let's let's get some final words. Uh, why don't we go up? We'll get, get let Michael have the final words about this subject. Aaron, why don't you start any final words before we get to our gratitude? Yeah, um, my final words are medical officers and, and ship's counselors are not boring at all. They, uh, I mean, I made I made a character specifically to be in that role and to to show that regardless of what the character does, well, the, the, the character's role, that they will be engaged, that they can be a part of every single plot. It doesn't matter if we're flying a, a work bee through an asteroid field, <laughs> he'll be there to help because that's what Starfleet officers do, regardless of the color of shirt that they're wearing. Yeah, nice. Well said, Jim. Um, yeah, I'll just echo that and say, just a reminder or, you know, I'll repeat what I said earlier is that uh, your, your character is not just your role. So if you are the medical officer or you are the counselor, there is so much more to you than just that, that piece of it. Even though there's plenty of stuff to do as the chief medical officer or the counselor, you know, hopefully you've created a well-rounded character going through the life path or doing creation and play. And you've got your uh, session zero, all that great stuff. So just uh, really lean into the, lean into your values, your focuses, even the talents that you've picked, you even just look at your attributes and your disciplines, like all that stuff. Um, even though uh, STA is not necessarily the most mechanically heavy game, all those mechanics can tell you a story about your character. So just you know, pull on those different strings and uh, and have fun. These are great. These are great roles to play. And uh, honestly, I think every role is wasted on an NPC, but these two especially because there's so much, so much potential for uh, for deep, deep, deep role playing. So uh, give, give it a try. Well said. All right, Michael, take us out with your final thoughts about this. Yeah, well, uh, like I said, I, I game mastered, um, you know, two separate games where, uh, you know, the the medical character became disengaged. And I when I joined your game, uh, I specifically wanted that role to to explore more. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that given this conversation that I'm getting more ideas how to bring that about as a game master and things to encourage if a player in either of those groups uh, do want to come in with that role and, and how to sort of correct that problem and um, how to how to make it more engaging. Wonderful. Well, like I said, I, I, I'm blessed because I've never felt like um, both of you who've been uh, in a medical role in my show have ever been bored um, and you've always contributed and I have to build the game for the challenges you present me. <laughs> I never what you're gonna know what you're going to throw at me. All right. Well, awesome. Let's go ahead um, and get to gratitude then. Um, let's start at the, again at the top. Uh, Aaron, any, any shout outs you want to give before we close today's continuing conversation now? I just want to shout out to the fans. Honestly, I'm I'm constantly 
feeling blessed by by going online and seeing the uh, the love that everyone's showing for the game. And boy, that that gives me a lot of a lot of feels, a lot of the feels. So thanks, everybody. Agreed, agreed. Michael Freeman, you want to do a shout out? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, well, I mean, this may sound very strange, but I'll give you guys a, a shout out since I'm a super fan um, and you guys are, are doing the work. So thank you uh, so much. And uh, I will also give, uh, since we traditionally have shouted out uh, game stores. Uh, so um, I'll give a shout out to uh, uh, Flying Colors. Uh, Joe Field, he runs a, a great store out, out near next to the woods, Michael. So, um, Joe, if, uh, by any chance you're, you're, you're listening to this, thumbs up. Send him, send him the link and he will. That's all. You know, you know, we stream on uh, Spotify. I learned the other day. I just started, I, I had Pandora for so long that I didn't want to switch all my 2000 songs over, but I found an app that switches it all over for $10. So I'm on Spotify now and I found, continuing conversations on there, which made me really happy. So you could always send them a Spotify link if you need to, Michael. Um, I, I, I'm going to give a cool shout out today. Uh, recently, um, everyone who's into Star Trek, no, never say everyone. Many people who are into Star Trek adventures know who Eric Campbell is. And Eric Campbell used to be with Geeks and Sundry, did Clear Skies. Um, in I think one of the number one streamers for Star Trek adventures into it, uh, in addition to a bunch of other games. Um, he has a, a show that runs, it's called Monday Morning Coffee. And I found out about it. So I joined it and I go on there. And sometimes he's talk, talking about Star Trek Adventures. Sometimes he's talking about anything else. Sometimes he's playing games. Like they played Oregon Trail Live, which I thought was so cool. Um, but what I thought was really cool is one of the things he does, and why I'm giving him a shout out, is because he goes to drive through RPG and he shops and he kind of shows what he's picking and he reads through different people. And I just think that's so cool with a creator. Like we know he's an awesome creator, him and so many of other, his other contemporaries. Um, it's when they support other people. They're not just so centric on one thing. I admit I'm centric on one thing because of time limitation oftentimes, but I, I just got to give a shout out to um, Eric and let everyone know that it's called Monday Morning Coffee. It's on Twitch. It's a streaming talk show and podcast. And so if you have a chance to listen in and sign up, it'll notify you when uh, the show's going live. And he talks to people in the chat too. So it's a good chance to um, give questions and, and just show some love to all those creators out there that I don't think always get the attention. So thank you, Eric, for keeping it, that alive for us. Jim, you want to take us out? Uh, sure thing. So uh, to keep it on theme for our uh, our discussion this evening, I want to send out a thank you, heartfelt thank you to all the doctors, all the physicians, all the physicians, assistants, therapists, physical therapists. I mean, just down the line, all the people who are who are out there devoting their life to helping other people feel better or to uh, recover from whatever anomalies or medical conditions we may have. Um, thank you for all you do, especially the last couple of years. You've been on the front lines of this pandemic and uh, getting a lot of a lot of hate on one side and a lot of love on another side. It's just all that stuff. Just so just uh, thank you for you do. Uh, thank you for all you do. We can't possibly thank you enough for all the sacrifices that you made uh, throughout your uh, career and your life. So thank you so much for all that. Uh, and then uh, echoing Michael, um, you know, on the reverse, uh, thank you to the fans. Actually, I, echoing Aaron. Um, uh, this game wouldn't be here without you all. We wouldn't be going into year seven without you all. Um, I am daily uh overwhelmed by how supportive the fans are of each other uh there are plenty of times where i'm on discord or uh the subreddit or whatever and somebody will post a question and like i'll be starting like okay it's time to start answering this question and like a whole bunch of fans will have already responded to it and i can go oh i i don't i don't have to do i don't have to worry about it it's, it's been done it's been taken care of the, the fans are taking care of themselves and i can't uh i can't imagine a more clear example of how healthy this game is is that the fans are helping each other they don't need me they don't need nathan they don't need aaron or michael you know they don't need us to explain stuff in the books they're figuring it out on their own which is exactly what we wanted to do we're throwing tools at you you're figuring out how to use the tools you're talking to each other about how to use the tools uh we can just focus on making the next cool stuff so that's yeah. that's, a, that's a win here so uh thank you for all that um this, this is 
Yeah, I was going to say, this is airing after the fact. This is going to, this one is scheduled to air, barring any other shows inserting itself by surprise, January 6th. But I'm proud to say that on December 25th, me and my friends are getting together. These are people who've never, one of them's played it once, but I'm getting together a bunch of people ranging from like age 18 to 25. And we're spending December 25th playing Star Trek Adventures. And it's going to be a blast. I know it. So we've got it all arranged. So um, great way to spend a rainy cold day or for those who have holiday days off and time off um uh i'm trying to introduce a new generation to this and i'll be i'll admit i'm trying to introduce a younger bipoc generation to star trek adventures to keep it alive because the shows are targeting that now and i and i know for a fact that when i played this with my nieces nephews and young friends they ask for more um and so i'm i'm taking that ownership of that to create the next generation so i hope we all can do that um, next year create a new generate help us create a new generation of, of star trek adventure rpg lovers absolutely all right with that said idic until next time the conversation prosper be safe be well see you all next time happy new year